Welcome to Marquette Missionary Church. Here's today's message. Well, let's uh, continue to dive in to God's Word. As you guys know, for the last several weeks, we have been in a sermon series called The Road of a Disciple. And this is our last week in it. I don't know if you're excited about that or not excited about that. I mean, I could, I could keep preaching on this same topic for, I don't know, a couple more months. How long did the book of Acts take us? I feel like, you know, when I first got here, I started off in the book of Acts. It was a long sermon series, and I apologize. I will not take you down a three-month sermon series again. Some of you were complaining to each other. I heard it. I know. <laughs> I can hear. Okay. Don't. But we are in this sermon series called The Road of a Disciple, and I want to kind of give you um, a quick recap this morning on where we have come from and how Jesus is finishing this. If you look at Matthew chapter 10, it's, it's a complete story here, but the story actually starts before Matthew 10, and it actually starts in Matthew 9, and I kind of want to remind us how Jesus sets up Matthew 10. So in Matthew 9, the last four verses, it says this. This is 9.35 through 38, and this is part of the recap here. And it said, And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Now, this is how Jesus ends Matthew chapter 9, and this is leading into what is about to take place in Matthew 10. So Jesus is basically teaching his disciples, listen, the world out there, there is a lot of people that need to come to me. But the workers are few. So I want you to pray that the Lord will send out more workers. And then what does Jesus do in Matthew 10? He sends out more workers. If you look at verse 10, 1, he said, he called, so this is literally the next verse, and he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean, unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. And this is where we have been spending our time. Jesus has sent out his disciples to do the work of the kingdom. There's a lot of work needed, Jesus said, but this is what I want you to do. You're going to go, you're going to proclaim my kingdom, you're going to heal the sick, you're going to raise the dead, cleanse the leopards, cast out demons. And Jesus warns them, listen, this road that I have you, you guys on, will not be an easy road. And we spent three weeks talking about how there will be persecution, there will be difficulties. Jesus literally says to them, listen, this world is not going to be friendly to you. This is not an easy task, but this is the task that God has for his disciples. And Jesus challenged, challenged them and encouraged them and said, listen, do not have fear. Do not worry about what you're going to say or what you're going to do. I will lead you. The Spirit will lead you. He will give you words, and do not worry. 
And then last week, we read these verses, and these verses are leading up to the verses we are going to be looking at today. And I just want to quickly read these because this is how Jesus is ending this series. And it says, says this in verse 34. He says, Jesus says, Do not think I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life, verse 39, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I give you this recap because Jesus looked at his 12 and gave them one of the most difficult challenges in this life. He basically says, I want you to walk a road that I'm going to walk. Jesus came, Jesus died, but Jesus walked a very difficult road, a road that eventually led to the cross. And Jesus looked at his 12, and he said, listen, you're going to walk the road I'm going to walk. And in fact, in chapter 10, Jesus literally says, do not think that a student is above his teacher. Basically saying, you're going to face these difficulties. But then Jesus ends it with these last three verses, and this is what I want us to be looking at today. But i got to tell you something, church. These last three verses are the most challenging verses to me personally. Not because they're difficult to understand, but over the past week, and I've known this, like, like, like looking at this sermon series, I knew that I did not want to preach on these last three verses. Not because they are difficult to understand, but mainly because they're outside of my realm of how I view God. Why don't you stand with me this morning? And let's read the last three, three verses here. <clears throat> this is Matthew 10, verses 40 through 42. Jesus says this, Whoever receives you, receives me. Whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. Verse 42. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Let us pray. Father God, as we look to your word today, Lord, Father, we are here to seek you, to know you more, and for you to come and to speak to us through your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that we can gather and we can worship you and that we can hear from you. And I ask now, Lord, that you would come and minister to us. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, up until <clears throat> this point, you guys may be seated here. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. At my old church, that just brings me back. My pastor told me there was some Sunday I was doing announcements, and I came up and I just started talking, and I never told anyone to sit down. The congregation stood for the entire announcement time, and he was like, Jeff, you got to tell them, you know, to sit down. Anyways, 
So, like I said, up until this point, Jesus is telling his disciples the road will be difficult. It will not be easy. You will be rejected as I am rejected. But then at the very, very end, Jesus speaks of this idea of a reward. And this idea has been such a struggle for me personally. I feel like a lot of people struggle with different aspects of who God is. I've heard of many people tell me, Pastor, I really struggle understanding who God is in the Old Testament. I don't know if if any of you have ever read the Old Testament and you've read stories and you're like, what is this? And you're just, it's a little bit confusing. But a lot of people struggle with different areas when it comes to who God is and how God operates. Some people struggle theologically. You know, the, this idea of the Trinity. The Trinity is a very confusing idea. I don't know if you've ever studied it biblically. I took entire class at seminary on the Trinity, and it is, I, I believe it, but it's not an easy thing to understand and to communicate. Um, but so everybody, I feel like, has certain struggles, but I really struggle with this concept. This concept that God rewards people based on action. Now, maybe none of you in this room struggle with this idea. Like, just like pastor, like, yeah, like, obviously, this is how God works. God rewards us, and God rewards his, his people. But to me, it seems like it's transactional and not re- relational. Does that make any sort of sense? Like, like, it's like this whole idea in my head that God rewards his people, it just, it just doesn't sit right in my own life. Because when I think about relationships, I think relationships are not transactional. They're not like, you do this and you get this. Like, relationships are relational. It's based on love. It's based on just like who people are. And this whole idea at the end of Matthew where Jesus comes down and he says, listen, there's going to be this reward. It was very, very difficult for me to really wrap my head around God operating in this way. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I enjoy rewards. Like, I, and I think all of us do. Is anyone here big on, like, the reward point program? Does anyone have like a punch card or something? I remember in my last town, there was the local coffee shop. And if I bought like nine cups of coffee, I got the 10th one free. And, and I like kept that card on me at like all times. Like, you know, like I was like, you never know. I loved re- reward programs so much. I had a card in my wallet when I lived in Plymouth that was from Kalamazoo. Now, I had not lived there for several years, but I had this punch card, and I already had like four out of five needed. It was, to a, it was actually to an, to an Indian restaurant that I loved, but I kept it in my wallet, and whenever I'd clean, I'd pull it out. And I was like, man, if I'm ever in Kalamazoo, I, you know, I'm going to use this. You know? So this whole idea of like rewards and punch cards and all of this like rewards programs, I like the idea of it, but when it comes to God, for, for me, it just seems not real. It doesn't really seem like love. It doesn't seem like, say, like, I should live my life in a way to where, God, I'm working for a reward. I don't like thinking like that, 
and I don't really operate like that in my own life. Now, you guys might be like saying, well, I mean, pastor, this is, this is clearly written within Scripture, and it's true. If you read Scripture, Old Testament, New, New Testament here, God is constantly telling us this. He is constantly telling his children, his people, there is a reward for your life, for how you live, for what you do. And honestly, guys, I have read these verses, and I just kind of like glaze over them. Like, so like, I'm just like, God, I realize you might reward me, but I don't want to live for a reward. But let's look at some Bible verses to help us understand how God operates. And I'm sharing these with you because I need to hear them as well. Colossians 2, or Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap if you do not give up. James 1, 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for, for when he has stood the test will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. 1 Timothy 6.19, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Psalms 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Ephesians 6, 8, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. 2 Corinthians 5, 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Matthew 16, 27, for the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and he will repay each person according to what he has done. Do you want me to go on? I just got just a few more. Jeremiah 17, 10, he says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Matthew 25, 21, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Genesis 15, 1, this is what he said to Abraham here. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. God said, fear not, Abram. I am your shield your, your reward shall be very great. Hebrews thirteen sixteen. Do not neglect to do good or to share what you have, for the sacrifices are pleasing to God. There is a biblical precedence that how we live our lives truly matters. That what we do on this side of heaven matters in this life. That God is watching. That God knows that God cares, that God sees. 
And Jesus is talking to his disciples here, and he is saying, I realize what I'm asking from you is going to require everything in your life. Everything. You need to lose your life for my sake, and when you do that, you will find it, Jesus says. And Jesus is setting up his disciples. He goes, yes, it's going to be difficult, but then Jesus gives them this hope, this like, almost kind of like encouragement at the very end. I could almost kind of see Jesus. He's there. He's sharing with his disciples what the road will look like. And you can see on the 12's faces, they're slumping lower and lower into their seat as they listen to the words of Jesus. Because these last several weeks, it's not very encouraging. It's not very like uplifting. Jesus is literally like, it's going to be really, really hard. And they're kind of like, yeah. And then Jesus gives them this encouragement at the very end. This idea that you're going to live a life. You're going to sacrifice everything for me. But there's a blessing. There's a reward at the end. And I think for us, church, and I think for me personally, this past week, I've been challenged by that because I want to love God just because of who God is. Like say, like I don't, I don't want to start serving Christ based off of like, well, you know, if I do this one good deed on Monday, like you know, like you know, there's like another crown, you know, like a, you know, like another jewel on my crown here. I don't think we should live that way in the way of like, like it's like I only do good things so that God like might reward me. But I think Jesus is encouraging them and encouraging us that everything we do in this life will be worth it. That, that, that every little thing we do for God's kingdom, how we love people, how we bring the gospel to people, it will be rewarded. That it's not like God just forgets about you. Every sacrifice we make, God is watching. Everything you do for God's kingdom, God knows. And Jesus is leaving his disciples with this idea that God is going to give a reward. Now, it's interesting, though, because we are going to jump back to these verses. And how Jesus says this, I find to be a little bit interesting here. And if I was a disciple at the time, it's a little bit interesting. In verse 40, Jesus says this. He says, whoever receives you, receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. So Jesus is looking at his 12 and says, as you go, as you bring this kingdom message, as you tell the world about who I am and what I've done, if they receive you, meaning, meaning if they welcome you, if they are listening to what you have to say about God's kingdom, they're not receiving you. They're actually receiving Jesus. And if they're receiving Jesus, then they're receiving the Father. But then in verse 41, he says, The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. Jesus kind of brings them back a little bit to the Old Testament here. If you, um, if you re remember the story of Elijah and the widow, this whole idea that this widow welcomed in Elijah and, and like the Lord like did miracles and provided wine or uh, uh, oil and flour and like just sustained them in this like terrible 
time they were, were facing here. Jesus is basically bringing them back and saying, listen, when people receive a prophet, they get the prophet's reward as well. And when a person receives a righteous person, they get their reward as well. And then in verse 42, and this is where I probably identify more with, he says, and whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So Jesus just told them it's going to be difficult, but then Jesus brings them back and says, listen, what you are doing, where you are going, you are literally bringing a reward to the world around you. And I don't know if you've ever like, thought about this, but like you as a disciple of Christ, when you go out into this world and when you bring God's kingdom with you, when you bring the gospel, when you show people love, and when you show them Christ, you are literally bringing God's kingdom with you. And Jesus is telling them, when those people receive you, there's a reward for them. Like, church, when we bring God's kingdom... We're not just bringing a salvation message for eternity. You're literally bringing a reward with you. And I don't know if you've ever thought about yourself in those lights, in those terms, that, that how, you, how you live this life, you're bringing God's kingdom, but you're bringing something for them from God each and every time. And, and, and I can just see the disciples sitting there thinking like, okay, but what about my reward? <laughs> like, and it's all tied in here. It's all, it's all part of this. Jesus is, is reminding them that, that you are going to bring this great blessing, this great reward to the world around you. And, and as I read this, you know, sometimes I don't always feel like a disciple, and I don't always feel like a prophet or really that, that righteous there. But in verse 42, whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Church, I want to challenge us this week as we are finishing up Matthew chapter 10. I do hope that you will spend time reading Matthew 10 over and looking at, at just how Jesus calls his disciples to live this life. But I want you to be encouraged and reminded. You are bringing a reward with you when you go. When you share Jesus with people, when you bring God's kingdom, you're bringing God's reward with you. God is literally... He will not forget, even if somebody gives you a, a cup of cold water because you are a disciple, there will be a reward for that person. And I think that we should be encouraged and challenged that in the uncertainty of times that we live in and that we face as a follower of Jesus Christ, we do live in extremely uncertain times, and I have like hit on this, and I still, it, it still amazes me at how so often we as Americans kind of view persecution in difficult times as something overseas. It's, 
I mean, I, I, I pray every single day that it does not happen here. But it, even if it does, it's worth it. Even if we have to walk a difficult life, church, it's worth it. It's worth it because our God, he knows us, he cares, he remembers everything that is taking place, and he will reward you and those who receive you. And it is such a blessing that we can bring to this world. I want to just really challenge you and encourage you. As you follow Christ, as you walk this road as a disciple, there may be days you don't want to walk it. There may be days where you're just kind of frustrated. I would encourage you, keep going. Literally, literally like stay on this path. Like do not give up daily on following Jesus. You're in college, you're on, on, a, on a college campus. Every single day you have an opportunity to bring God's kingdom. At work, every single place you are, everywhere you go, you have an opportunity to be a blessing to this world, to bring God's reward with you. And all we have to do, church, the thing that Jesus requires of us is just to simply say yes to him. Jesus, I'm willing to follow you. Yep, I might get rejected. It might hurt. Things may not always work out. But are we willing as a church to say yes to God's kingdom every day, in every moment, even when we don't want to, even when it's really, really difficult? That to me is like the ultimate challenge that Jesus leaves with them. Will you serve me faithfully no matter what the circumstances are? And I would say, church, it is going to be so worth it. If Jesus is willing to reward those who even give us a cup of cold water, I mean, like, Jesus shares, like, this most basic thing. Like, like, like if somebody comes across you, and, it, and if they give you, a disciple of mine, a cup of cold water, I will remember them. Like, think about how great our reward will be for those of us who follow Christ. Like, God loves his people so much that he's willing to reward someone for just a basic cup of water. Now, you could, you know, in our culture, a cup of water is like no big deal, right? Because we have like unlimited water everywhere. You could knock on any door and they have clean water. That's not necessarily true for all of the world. But for us, Jesus will remember. And church, I just challenge you, as you read Matthew 10, and as you look at this road of being a disciple, Jesus leaves them with this, basically. It will be worth it. And I would say the same to you guys today. As you follow Christ, as you bring God's kingdom, as you face rejection and trials, it's worth it. It will be worth it. And we should be living for our king each and every day. I want to pray for you now. I want to ask you to stand. I want to pray for you guys as we uh, close, out, close out our service today in worship. And I'm going to invite the worship team forward here. And as they come, I want to pray for encouragement for all of us here as we walk this road. Father God, as we, as we seek you today, as we look to your word, Father, you reward you're faithful. Father, you don't forget anything. 
on this side of heaven. And Father, I pray that we will be a church that will faithfully serve you. That we will bring this kingdom wherever we go. And Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we could gather today. And I pray, Lord, that as we, as we sing to you, as we worship you, may you continue to just minister to us now. I pray this in Jesus' name.